Dare we open Pandora's mystic box? To every generation, a slayer is born, except this time, there were six. This is the dimension of imagination. You are entering the mystic zone. Do you ladies see that aura? Something wonderful this way comes. Welcome to the Mystic Order Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm today's hostess. Hostess? Wait. Are we supposed to say that now? Moderator, you can be whatever, Mary. Isn't that a cupcake? (laughs) You get it. Walmart. (laughs) I'm today's Twinkie. And I'm going to uh, and I'm going to let my fellow mystics introduce themselves. I am the queen. I'm Marion, the dog whisperer. I'm Margie, the illuminator. And I'm Joanne, the mystic defender. So we've all had a um, little break because there was a technical problem with last month's podcast. <laughs> a little <laughs> technical want? difficulty. So if you miss November, it's because it's not there. And if you would like, we'll go ahead and air it. It's it's um about 50 minutes of silence. So you could use it to meditate. So um, let's go around and talk about our the things we talk about as mystics to begin. Some of us have had weeks that were mystic. Let's see, Margie, will you tell us about your week that was mystic? Yes, I have new clothing arriving every day from Canada. With your artwork on it. With my artwork on it. It's inspired by my original artwork. And I have all kinds of good things like scarves and jackets and dresses. That's my mystic getting these treats every few days. Left by the U.S. mail on my back porch. And y'all, they're fabulous. If you hadn't seen pictures of them on, we've posted some pictures of them with um, the lovely Mary and modeling. But there's everything from her photographs, like of pitcher plants and um, and fungi. Oh, I should say one of my geology friends said, is that an something geode? And I went... I think it is. Of course it is. But I'm only the artist. No, I took a picture of that in the Scottish Museum in Edinburgh. They had it said a weird rock. (laughs) So that means that anybody that buys your clothes can walk around in them and have a day that is mystic. Yes. Yes. Cool. Okay, let's see, Joanne. What about your mystic week? Well, my mystic week was a high. Um, I got most of my Christmas shopping done. Oh, my God. I know. Where did you go to do that? The Amazon? That was every a little here, a little there. But the reason was I thought I would be going to Austria. During it, Austria closed its borders because of the COVID and now especially because of the Omicron. You can get there through the Alps if you're snaky. I can, but I have a son that is in Austria at the Benef- Beneficence of the Austrian government, and if I screw it uh, up for him, he might be home with me without the babies. So. Oh, let's say. Let's yeah. not do that then. So we are going to be good, and we're going to wait patiently, and then we're going to stamp our little foot and demand that the Austrian government allow us in. And not to mention, you probably don't want to track that Omicron variant through the, you know, pick it up at the airport and bring it to your grandbabies. Actually, I mean, that's an issue. The um, Europe is full of the Omicron, full of it. They mm. think even that it may have gone from Europe to South Africa oh and dear. not vice versa. So, yes, we're all being patient. And uh, thank you for FaceTime so I can see my grandbabies kind of in person. But they all yeah. think that I'm only three <laughs> inches tall. Yeah, but you are only three inches <laughs> <You're> tall. <laughs> She's at least four or five she inches tall. She is a munchkin, and they are not allowed to be more than a foot tall. Okay, Gail's a little bit taller than oh, Joanne, but I'm, not much. I'm sh- much taller. Okay, much. By an inch, I think. An inch. 
That's a lot when you're only three inches tall. Well, I'm sorry that your Mystic Week has been fouled by this dadgum COVID virus. We shall survive this too. Mm -hmm. Yep, we shall. I mystically can tell that Marion had a Mystic Week. I wonder what Marion's Mystic Week was. I suppose the Mystic. The mystic thing in my week was that we finally got the opium bed assembled. Put it together like a puzzle. And And who figured out the opium bed? John David and Poe. Poe came and spent one or two weeks in Auburn. Is is that a mystic person? Yes. Or an opium person? Poe is a mystic person and also one of the two people who gave us the opium bed. And I wasn't strong enough to help John David assemble it. The it's heavy. Every piece of it is heavy. And it's a puzzle. Mm-hmm. No nails, no nothing. You have to fit the pieces together. And so the three of us got out there, and mainly them, with a little help from me, got it assembled. So now it's up with pillows and a hookah. And oh, I think that would be a wonderful place to have a podcast. I think so, too. <laughs> or a picture shoot. Ah, definitely podcast definitely, from the opium bed. Definitely a picture it. shoot. We would have to be kind of still once we got in it, because I'm not convinced it's not going to cave in on our heads. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to wear helmets. But what a, what a wonderful way to go. She died. Hard, being, hard hats. Uh-huh. Being the caressed, opium being hard bed, bed hard hat. <laughs> would you design that for us, Margie? Okay, thank you. <laughs> I did see a picture of it on your personal Facebook, yes. so I'm, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And, of course, her dogs are all climbing around in we, it with her very handsome son, John David. We introduced the, the dogs to it this past week and got some photos of John David and the dogs in the opium bed. So that mm. was a fun day. So how do you know how old the opium bed is? No. I mean, I don't know how long ago it came to You the can United carbon States. test opium. Well, I, I haven't done that yet. I don't know. Did it come over on the elephants? It came with the over with the Weeses. I don't know whether it came on an elephant, an airplane, or a or an opium. <laughs> Maybe an elephant. It has little little doors up at the top that you open and <gasps> to keep your opium in. I thought it was what I think it's what you keep your opium in. I don't I don't know for sure. Or it could be your thong underwear drawer. It could be. <laughs> or it could just be all. Your little, your little. I was thinking of all your little to- totems and tiny yeah. animals and things. There you go, your little totem drawer. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Gosh, well, I'm by. I'm going to go see the opium bed. But no, first, speaking of opium, let's talk about our mystic opus corner. What kind of what kind of opi are we calling out today, Gail? What do you think? Well, my book this week that I read is called The Liar's Dictionary by Ellie Williams. It's a book for word nerds. So if you're not into, you know, words, forget it. But it's not the kind of, a lot of word nerds want a book in their hands. So they are, hate Kindles, for example. But I got this book out of the library and into about chapter two, I took it right back and came home and bought it on Kindle. Because on Kindle, you can touch the word And it'll either give you the definition and it'll even pronounce it for you, which I like. Or Wikipedia, you know, drops into the scene and tells you what the word means. And if you're going to read Liar's Dictionary, I highly recommend you read it on Kindle. It's a good book, but you better be a word nerd. I'm going to venture that a lot of the... That all of our fans out there in listening world are word nerds. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds good. I'm going to... I wrote it down. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, so good I, for you. I wrote it down right here. All right, <laughs> the liar's dictionary. 
So I'm reading a really good book too by Janice Ray, and it's her newest book, Wild Spectacle. I highly recommend just picking up any of her books, but this one is spectacular. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. 16 essays. You know, it's, it's big, big, beautiful natural spectacles and then tiny, tiny, beautiful things. And it, I was walking recently and I kind of just looked around. I was in the middle of a bunch of trees and I thought, the only thing I trust is nature. Even if it gives me the dadgum virus, I, the only thing I trust is nature. Or allergies. Yeah. And that's kind of what the whole book brings you back to that idea. S- say the name of the book again. Wild Spectacle. It's her newest one. So if you, ne- if you haven't, you might want to follow her on her, and her Facebook most author book feed. Is. Ecology of a Cracker Childhood. And I just lent that to my stepfather, who's probably the smartest person I know. And he called me about halfway through it and said, I have not read anything this good in a long time. Oh, good. He promptly called Auburn Oil Company booksellers and ordered him some Christmas presents. So shout out, Janice. It's gorgeous. Just gorgeous. And let's see, I'll pass the Opus Corner on to uh, Marky. Okay. Well, I think I mentioned this last time, but since it wasn't recorded, I think I can say it again. <laughs> I just finished State of Terror by Hillary Clinton and Louise Penny. What a couple. It was quite good. And it's interesting, if you've read Louise Penny, uh, she kind of works her inspector into this drama. Ganache. Yes, <laughs> yes, and uh, as well as Three Pines in you Quebec. Know, um, when I went to Quebec City, Quebec, I may have told you all this. My tour guide lives in a forest near Louise Penny. Ooh. Yeah, she so. lives in a village like she writes about, although mm-hmm. it is fictional. But it was really, it was a little too close to reality. It was fiction. But it's interesting. They met through a best friend that Hillary had had since childhood, who was also a friend of Louise Penny. And if you hear Hillary interviewed or Louise, the, the book is, you know, a, dr- dramatic and, you know, all about terror and the world. But it's also about friendship between women, yeah. a very good oh, friendship nice. between two nice. women. And I'm reading now, just started, Cloud Cuckoo Land. Yeah, that's supposed to be, I haven't read it, but. It's really, it's I just started book. it. It's pretty fabulous. But just, just beginning, it's very dense and going to be great. The same person, uh, Anthony D-O-E-R-R, who wrote, yeah, who wrote um, All the Light We Cannot See. Oh, yeah. Which Speaking I thought of, was fabulous. Uh, friend, women who are friends, such as the Mystics, I went into the Auburn Library to pick up another book, and our book, Mastering the Art of Winch Cooking, is on display in the Auburn Library, and I I was shocked, and I just went, I said to the librarian, I helped write that book, and she goes, oh, I love the Golden Girls. What? (laughs) (laughs) Not only are we golden, we are diamond. I was so confused. I walked out with a puzzle. Why did she tell me she liked the Golden Girls? <laughs> I think because <laughs> her Can Can Girls, and she was confusing that to Golden. I or either I was hoping it wasn't because we were old and silly. Well, I was going to say the Mystics. Marion's breaking the rules by talking without a microphone. Hang on. I think it's because we remind her of the sitcom. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Golden Girls. What? What else? What else do we care to stamp? Oh, we must be to the Mystic Stamp. Yeah, of we're going to stamp. We're going to give our stamps of excellence. Let's see, Joanne. What are you stamping? I am stamping the Simon and Garfunkel story. It was presented at the East Alabama Performance Art. It was part of their series. It was just absolutely a hoot of a night. 
first off, the guy that played Art Garfunkel, I thought it was Art Garfunkel. <laughs> he was so, he looked so much like him. And then the guy who played Paul Simon did not look so much like Paul Simon, but he sang just like mm-hmm. him and played the guitar the whole night long. And of course, I told everybody sitting by me, get ready to be embarrassed because I'm going to be singing these songs all night long. Oh, for shame. <laughs> but it was very well done. You know, and Opelika has the performance series that's going on now. And I will say some of the ones I just adore, some of the ones is, ah, okay. But the Simon and Garfunkel story, I adored. It do you know funny. where the troupe, or what, what do they call an acting troupe? Is it a troupe? It is a troupe. Do you and know where I, they're you from? Know, and I don't, I mean, most of these places are really out of New York. Mm-hmm. But they're smaller groups that travel around places, you know, little small towns like Opelika, Columbus, Georgia, and make the three. And they were just so delightful because they were so, well, it's the first one of the performance series that I have gone to that people really did attend. Uh-huh. At COVID, they kind of stepped back and we had masks on. And of course, that was good because I was singing along and nobody could see that I was singing along. Right. <laughs> it was very, like I said, they're very well done and they were so appreciative. But you're a classically trained singer, right? <laughs> yeah, as if. <laughs> Sister, Sister Claire Marie classically trained me. But the, the two guys who played bass, both of them were Asian. They were having a better time than anybody else on stage. Well, that makes it fun. <laughs> Art, it was Art fun. Garfunkel just turned 80. Oh, my gosh. gosh. No, don't tell me that. Marion, what are you stamping today? I saw a wonderful film on Hulu called That Summer. And it is about the summer of 1972 when Peter Beard and Lee Radziwill went to visit the, the Beals. Oh. And um, this before the Grey Garden, the two Grey Gardens documentaries were made, Peter Beard made this documentary and it was shelved for 40 years so it was pulled out recently and it's been released and it was absolutely wonderful the first is four reels the first reel is a lot of background information about peter beard's work and it shows truman capote there not not with the bills but will you say the name one more time that summer okay and a whole lot of other interesting people gathered there and then starting in the second reel they're actually at the Beals house in Grey Gardens. Wow. And um, it's just a beautiful, I've watched it more than once and and even though it's still on Hulu, I bought my own copy because it's something I know I have to watch over and over and over. So when you say reel, is that like an episode? Yeah. It's like four film reels. Yeah. Yeah. I've just never... And it breaks it up that, that way. Word. It'll say reel A one, reel, oh, cool. reel two, reel three. Well, that sounds good. If, if there's anybody out there that hadn't seen the Grey Gardens documentaries, I, I'd suggest watching them. But I don't know. Should they be seen before this it, or I, after? Well, or? I saw this after I saw them, even yeah. though this was made before they were. They're all fantastic. They're wonderful. Yeah. They give me a reason to... Live, live. Yeah. So uh-huh. they, these are these are ex- eccentric mother daughter living yes. in a house that yes. sort that's of that's great gardens de- dilapidated and this around is them, them too. Oh, it's this four. is this is Peter Beard visiting them. This isn't Grey Gardens. There's there's Grey Gardens, the documentary Return to Grey Gardens, the documentary. Ah. But before those were made, this was made back in 1972 and never seen. Oh, and it's the and same it's, two ladies. It's the, the same two the ladies. Kennedy cousins. But it's not the males that made this. It's Peter Beard, who was, 
I think going with Lee Radzawill at the time. Well, I want to say that. And, and my friend, uh, shout out to Dr. Stuart Knoll. He's a good friend of Lee Radzawill and her daughter. And he actually went to her funeral. He's a oh. professor at Georgia State University, English. Oh. He was a very good friend of theirs. There He's we go. also a Capote scholar, right? Well, my stamp of excellence is a repeat due to the unfortunate loss of the November <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and I don't know who was at the wheel that day. <laughs> Whoever it was hmm. watched 45 minutes See, go Mary by with wasn't nothing. here. I was here, but I wasn't at the wheel. <laughs> we don't <laughs> cast Katie blame no, on technical <laughs> snafus. There is clearly a demon god of technology that will come to send upon us at any time so it can happen to anyone it it happens daily here yeah um this is a repeat performance but my um stamp of excellence is for a good samaritan named mr andy jones who stopped and fixed my tire triple a had said it'd be two and a half hours and he said i would fix it Little did I know that it takes a PhD in tire changing nowadays <laughs> and YouTube. I mean, he was mm-hmm. on YouTube the whole time changing my tire. Oh, my gosh. He started out very clean and decent looking, professional. And when he got through, I was thinking his wife is going to kill me because <laughs> his clothes are dirty. So I started thinking about this and I thought I'm going to thrill him. I'm going to send him a very interesting amount of money money order for his favorite restaurant and I couldn't remember what he said his favorite restaurant was so I sent my favorite restaurant (laughs) and I thought I got a lot of laughs out of thinking about him getting this from the person this stranger whose tire he changed but anyway the next week I came home from Tai Chi and my husband's waiting at the door which is pretty unusual (laughs) he goes he goes you got flowers Oh, yeah. And I thought somebody died and sent me the flowers. No, it was from my good Samaritan thanking me for the lovely gift certificate. Well, you know, there are not people like that anymore. I know. How wonderful. I just, Mr. And his name is Jones. So he's going to be getting, anybody listening to this probably knows an Andy Jones, and they'll think he did it. But no, it was my Andy Jones. Well, and go and be kind to each other is what the, the moral of that stamp of excellence is. Well, I can't change anyone's tire because I've seen it done now. And the tires are up under the car now. Oh, my God. Yeah, some don't even have them. And you have to let it down on a chain. Uh And you have to know the secret word, the password, et cetera, to get it down. Oh, my God. And that's just the beginning. So do you send a thank you note now and a gift certificate thanking him for the flowers? (laughs) This could just go on and on. Yes, I was thinking that, (laughs) but... um, no. This could I, be like a reel. I, I, just, I did send him a little uh, text, I think, on her Facebook or something saying that I was thrilled. And I didn't add that my husband hasn't sent me flowers since the last time I said, I haven't gotten flowers from you in 10 years. And I think that was 10 years ago I said that. So. <laughs> Your husband probably thinks this makes up for the... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's counting good Andy's, friends, Andy. He's, he's counting <laughs> Andy's flowers. As he's his, he's yeah. good for another 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but your husband baked you a lot of bread. Really? Oh, okay. He's baked us a lot of bread. <laughs> yeah, I, we only we take it to funerals and mystic meetings. <laughs> What are you stamping excellence? Oh, wait a minute. We started with your stamp mine. of excellence. That's right. So I'm, we're around to me, and I'm, I'm not going to cast a pall on this podcast, I promise, but my mother did die last month, and my stamp of excellence is to the mystics. Thank you. Because, you know, everybody always says, what can I do? And I was like, you know what y'all can do? And I gave them a task, and I said, please bring food so I don't have to worry about any of that. And, oh, my goodness, 
it is not just that the food was good and that my friends were there, but just not having to worry to have friends that you you know if you ask them to Yay do something, they do it. And I think Yay that's we're so glad to do it for yeah. you. And Mary. thank you so much. And I'm also going to stamp out or whatever. Wait, I'm not going to stamp them out. I'm going to shout out and stamp just some of my other stamp old out friends. Drugs. Who do you remember that? I do. <laughs> I do. But my other my other friends for the same thing, you know, it was like I just needed somebody to go back over to my stepfather's house and be there while we weren't there. And it, I'm telling you, if you folks out there in the world, if you don't have a pack of friends that are capable and competent, get get you some. You can't have mine. It's a wonderful thing when you know you need something done and somebody can just do it and you don't have to worry about it. It's a great thing. So let's see. Anybody done any traveling that they want to share with us on our Mystic Sea? Mystic Sea? Which I is have. S-E-A and S-E-E. What did you see at the sea market? We went at Thanksgiving to Hendersonville, Tennessee to see my husband's cousin, Diane, who does the most fabulous Thanksgiving. They do three turkeys, one Ooh. deep fried, one smoked, one regular, plus every kind of side you can imagine from wonderful cornbread dressing to green beans to mashed potatoes, everything you can imagine. I think you've gone over into the Mystic Bites. Yes. Well, <laughs> uh, well the, but the trip was the, the journey we got to see my grandson. Yay. Song Song, Ben Song from Ohio. So my son drove down from Ohio and my husband and I and then Forrest and Song Song, we stayed at a Marriott near Diane's. And so we had a really good time and Song got to swim in the Marriott pool before we went to Thanksgiving. It was great. And Song has had his first vaccination. He hasn't had time to get his second one. How old is Song? He's eight. He just turned eight. And he should have his second one like this week, I think. So... Yay. That's Everybody good. should be happy to get it. Mm-hmm. I lost my place. Let's see. Um, that was the CC. Mystic Margie. We're, we're, I mean, Joanne. excuse me, Joanne, yeah. where have you been? I'm not even an M. I, I mean, know. Margie, Mary, and Mary, but I'm <laughs> not even an M. Um, I went to adult camp. For um, a camp at camp, a camp at camp, and I brought the other camp, Mr. Camp, with me. We got into the RV and went down to the Salon Dixon Forestry Education Preserve, 700 acres south of Andalusia. Was this a salon where you could get a facial? (laughs) And no, 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 not salon. S O L O N. Salon Dixon is a man whose family owned this property down in South Alabama. And he donated it to Auburn University, and in particular for the forestry students to go down there and study. But we played forestry students, and we played every kind of, I guess, student. We got to see gopher tortoises, and I have a lovely picture of me with a king snake hugging me. Yes, it loved you. (laughs) It loves me. We went on forest walks. We went on hikes. We learned about the floral diversity of South Alabama. We learned just a lot. And so we were they were we were in the R V but other people stayed in the dorm. It was just a delightful time. I saw some pictures on Facebook and you might have been in them. People were doing things like not just hugging trees and pressing their backs and fronts up against them, but lying down and putting their legs up flat on the tree. Is that called forest like, bathing? Exactly. Forest the forest bathers. Were they clothed? No, they were naked as jaybirds. 
Really? Shh, Mary, you're not supposed to tell everything you know. <laughs> no, they had their clothes on. When it you forest bathe, you wear your clothes. I so. was going to say, do not worry, Gail. It was too cold to go naked as jaybirds. <laughs> <laughs> but it well, was I just wanted lovely. you to keep the standard of the mystic pack. But I went on a, a hike. It was called Art and Nature. They were little things that you should do. And a couple of them were to hug a tree. And I hugged one tree and I thought, it feels just like Jimmy Camp when he's shaved yeah. his beard and is starting to grow it back. So and that was through Ollie, right? It was through Ollie, yes. And it was just, like I said, absolutely delightful. So we have a tree hugger among us. Oh, yeah. you oh, Forever. <laughs> what if? <laughs> that did look like fun. I wish I had gone. Of course, I'm not an Ollie member, so... I would have to tag along with somebody. Jimmy Camp is not either, and they were planning on another trip in spring. I will let all the mystics know. Yeah, Yeah, I want to go. So speaking of Andalusia, I think that's a beautiful word, Andalusia. And one time Mm -hmm. I was at a conference or something, and I said to a group of women, I said, that that word is so beautiful, Andalusia. Oh, no, it's because she said she was from Andalusia. And I said, oh, you're from Andalusia? That's such a beautiful word. And she looked at me, she goes, you ain't been to Andalusia, have you? <laughs> I try to forget that when I remember what a beautiful word that is. Andalusia means gargling sweet water. It does for real? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a place in Spain, you know, that has the most beautiful horses in the world. And if, and if Gail is our liar's dictionary. <laughs> and that okay. was, well, who's, what author? The one that we always get, one from, one from Milledgeville and one from uh, Flannery O'Connor's home. Was Andalusia. Andalusia. Uh-huh. Well. She named her <laughs> Have home. we been there? <laughs> we, 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 there? We thought we were going <laughs> there, but I we were wrong. We need to write down everywhere we've been so we can remember in the next couple of years. Andalusia has peacocks. I have a scrapbook, a mystic scrapbook. We'll have to videotape going through the scrapbook. Y'all can come with us. I have a, a scrapbook, too. Maybe I should give it to you as our historian. <laughs> You've been giving me things along the way for my scrapbook. I wonder what's in your scrapbook. <laughs> God, it's it's huge. It takes up an entire drawer. Yeah, we should definitely marry them. Yeah. Marry them, not marry them. Like, marry okay. like <laughs> Well, I have totally lost my place. We're to the mystic bites. Let's talk about food. All right. And this was Thanksgiving, so I'm sure everybody has, you know, that on their minds. But Gail, do you have some specific mystic bites to share? And I want to preface this by saying that I may have mentioned this. Well, I probably mentioned it in the November podcast, which did not happen. It Um, happened. I am trying to mystically disappeared. I'm trying to (laughs) simplify my life after COVID because my calendars before COVID. COVID looked like the Rosetta Stone, and my calendars during COVID only had doctor's appointments on them, which I wouldn't go to because they're in COVID Because of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wanted something in between. So I'm simplifying my life, especially in our cooking. We used to spend all day cooking for company, sometimes two and three days. But now I'm finding the simplest thing. And tonight for dessert, we're having wind willow, key lime, You can make a cheesecake, but I made a cheese ball, and it's served with graham crackers. And it's absolutely fabulous. And why I ever made a cheesecake is beyond me when I could just pour this into uh, one cream cheese, eight ounces, and four tablespoons of butter. That's a lot of butter. So this is a mix. And you pour this mix mix. Yum. And it is fabulous, as you will find out at dessert tonight. And it's called, I'm going to take a picture of this for our, for our Facebook. And Facebook. It's called Wind and Willow Key Lime Pie. And lest 
dear listeners, you think that we are just all this gourmand, the best dessert that Gail has brought in recent time <laughs> <laughs> was donuts. Yeah, yes, that's my new new plan. The easier, the better. <laughs> and we all just swooned over them. That's my old plan. <laughs> <laughs> You mean to stay simplify, simple your The life. easier, the better. Simplify, <laughs> simplify, simplify. Yeah. Y'all should see some of my recipes, like candy in a dish. And the, I made that decision to bring those brownies, brownies. Yeah. Y'all are talking Mary talk now. That's right. Okay, so Marion, tell us about your bites. You know, I don't like Thanksgiving. I don't like bird. I don't like to eat bird. I mean, I love birds. I don't like to eat bird. I don't like all those mayonnaise casseroles. I really don't. My Thanksgiving fare that I love is Gail Langley's PhD cranberry salad. That is what I absolutely love at Thanksgiving. But my, um, so I don't have any Thanksgiving. That's actually my cousin Lucy's, who's snottier than I am. Well, it's mighty good. And um, (laughs) this um, recipe, the reason I invited Marion over to help me make it was I said this is so hard it requires a PhD and she had one yeah (laughs) and the two of us together how long did it take us to make it took us much of the day but we enjoyed it (laughs) is it in one of our books Oh, yes. No, I don't think it is. I yeah, I think, think it, it is. is. Think, yes. It's in our first book, The Ploy of Cooking. I think it's the Ploy of, of Cooking. cooking. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think what stumped us was the, the flavored gelatin. And I had to call down to Mobile, Alabama <laughs> to say to my cousin Lucy, we're two step 27. <laughs> flavored gelatin and I said I've been all up and down the aisles of this store and I cannot find any flavored gelatin and she goes it's jello jello okay. <laughs> jello but not in that recipe it's not jello it's, it's flavored, flavored gelatin. gelatin that's the phd element but what I have been enjoying bite wise is I have just been really hungry for broth mm-hmm. so I've been making my own pho out of veg- vegetable broth and and grated ginger and lemon juice and cellophane noodles and I've been making chai mm. out of all kind of warm and spices so I those have been my bites chai. for this cold snap nice well I, I, do, I wasn't down for bites but I'm going to quickly throw in that I may end up writing a, a story about the soup that my husband Joe and Tippy Joe and I made the other day with our leftovers it started off a threesome? small it's a, a threesome when you talk about this soup it, it started off just a normal little pot of leftover turkey soup or whatever and you know how like if you cut your hair and you get it wrong and then you cut the other side and then got it wrong and then you got to go back and cut the other side well this soup was like that only the opposite we'd add too much of one thing so we'd have to add more of one thing and this pot of soup is now about the size of this kitchen table and it's good (laughs) oh it's so good but it just grew why didn't you bring it and grew and grew i could have but I wanted to make something else oh, I with see. no mayonnaise. Well, I do have mayonnaise. something to say about that recipe. I have never in my life cut my own hair. I go to a stylist. You didn't <laughs> cut it when you were little. Well, I right, cut Ms. other PhD. people's. I, I was famous for cutting my friend's hair down to the scalp, but I certainly wouldn't do that to myself. <laughs> well, stone soup. It sounds like stone soup. It did. Soup, it reminded Mary. me of stone soup. We'd walk by and say, I think it needs a little this and that. And we'd open the fridge and throw it in. Mm. We're, we're going to talk about holidays. That's our topic for the for the. I think it's a specific holiday, isn't it? Well, Christmas is coming. And it can be about Christmas, but I mean, you know, if anybody else is in some kind of other holiday spirit, spirit, 
Okay. Well, let's chat about Christmas. What's going on? All right. Well, and I'm briefly going to say about my Christmas in the olden days, you know, the horse and buggy days when I had parents. When we'd get up Christmas morning, there was always a sooty boot print on our hearth. Nice. Aww. That was good. We always got our tree from the woods. Mm-hmm. Always. We didn't have tree farms back then, or if we did, we were unaware of them. And we won the Auburn Christmas decoration. Our home won Ooh. the Auburn Christmas decoration. And when I think of this now, it's humorous because down the street, they've hired Glow Christmas or something. Yeah. And a truck pulls up, and by the time they get through, it looks like something out of Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Well, we won it because my mother took a piece of oil cloth and painted Santa on it and tacked it to our front door. <laughs> <laughs> we won. <laughs> we won. We- and then I guess they drive around uh, in their WJHO truck. Did y'all ever see that? Are you too young? I remember WJHO. I don't remember their truck. Oh, they have a truck with a microphone, and they drive around and cool. tell you stuff. You know, like, oh, and here's another Christmas door with a Santa on it. <laughs> <laughs> so we won. My childhood Christmas was, my parents thought it was tacky to have outdoor lights, so I put them up now. I don't know <laughs> why. But we had pretty traditional childhood Christmases. Daddy would call everybody on Christmas Day, all my friends, and say, ho, 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 this is Santa Claus. Well, that's not normal. How did you like, how did you like, whatever. I would know, <laughs> I would know what the gifts were. This is so sad that you think that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the possums were running around in the house, you know. We'd always decorate, you know, the snakes with little Christmas hats. I was it was pretty say. normal. <laughs> and the pillowcases all writhing. <laughs> yeah, the rattling in the corners. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty traditional Christmases. We did go to, we R. didn't R. grow P. up in church. This is not a traditional Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't grow up in the church except mom and daddy would drop Robert and me off at Sunday school and then they would just leave. Like we never set foot in the sanctuary. <laughs> now those are people after my own heart. Yeah. And I think they just were sick of us. And so, but on Christmas Eve, my mama and I would go to the Lutheran church. I don't know why that one, but to their candlelight service and oh, be nice. there at midnight. And that was a lovely memory of mine oh let's do that this year let's i would i would want to go to a church that sang real carols that i recognize i've been to several looking for this and it hasn't happened yet there's a big one on north college not too far from here that does that Hmm. but Hmm. it's catholic are you talking about the national methodist no, 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 no. She's talking about her <laughs> church, her Catholic church. I'm talking about the Catholic Y'all church. Y'all sing real carols. We sing real carols. But are they Catholic carols? Oh, 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 come all you faithful, silent night. Is that the one you're looking for? Yes. It came upon a midnight clear. Do I have to take uh, no. confession? You're no. not allowed you to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you That's are. Good That's good because the one sacrament I wouldn't get out of that booth till New Year's Eve. <laughs> So yes, you could, but it's not. You know, it's not. In fact, it's probably going to be packed. I'd like to have a confessional booth in my house. I think it'd be fun. There was okay. This is a non sequitur. And then I would like to sit there and listen to your confession. (laughs) (laughs) There is a bar in Blue Ridge, Georgia. That is run by a retired priest, and he's Irish, so I don't know where he was. I see some pictures on the wall that he may have been a police officer at one time. He has got, obviously, some ailment. His He always scoots around on one of those little rolling things you put your knee on and, yeah, and roll around like with fun. the other foot. 
So, but he has an old-timey confessional in the back of the bar. And wow. What a perfect place for a confessional. <laughs> First of all, I plan to get drunk tonight. <laughs> That's right. Let me and, start with this. And how many people have confessed when they're drunk anyway? <laughs> how were your traditional Christmases growing up, Joanne? Um, going up, as people have heard, I have, um, there were 13 children in my family. We had very simple Christmases, but, you know, wonderful Christmases. We, instead of stockings, we put up real socks. We put up our socks. And so if you <laughs> would like... Sad. The, it is. <laughs> you would get an orange in one? I was going to say, no, we didn't get fruit. Tangerine, <laughs> maybe, or Clementine. We got... We got and the we, youngest child, what could they get? A Brazil nut? Well, and the younger <laughs> child, because, you know, their sock would be about three inches long, would go and get one of my father's socks. <laughs> and we would pin them up on... We didn't have a fireplace, so we would pin them up on the stair going yeah. up you know and the of course mine was always up tall believe it or not because I was the tallest <laughs> and then we uh, never put the tree up until December 15th which was my sister Carol's birthday and so Carol thought in fact she is named Carol because Christmas Carol yeah um and we always made, I mean, we didn't have fancy decorations I'm sure at one point I knowing my mother she probably had some very nice decorations but about three years into us raucous children they were probably all destroyed so we all made our own we strung popcorn or made construction chains you know construction cranberries well no cranberries we ate those popcorn popcorn yeah because you know you could pop popcorn forever and then, you know, our school artwork and things like that. And we always had the fat colored light, not the little tinky, yeah. twirling ones, the big ones. And they were always different colors. Every child got one gift. But by the time you, you know, it looked like Santa Claus had dumped his sleigh. By the time yeah. everybody got one gift. And we always had one family gift, which was a game. In yeah, fact, we always got a game too. Good old Santa. Yeah. I'm He's close still to bringing tears. a game. Like, Every like year, Santa, Santa brings that. a game. I think I'm very close to tears. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. That's like the year I met Bob. <clears throat> there was a, a rogue dog that would come and deposit on, in my backyard, and I <laughs> needed a shovel. And so Bob, I just started dating Bob, and I said, I would like a shovel for Christmas. Also, my best friend at the time, who was Catholic, gave me prayers for eternity. <laughs> well, I went to get my hair done the next week, and my hairdresser said, what'd you get for Christmas? And I said, I got a shovel and prayers for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes... You're spending Christmas with us next year. <laughs> I could just I'm sorry, honey. Can it I sound you? like you were dating or living with or married to a mass murderer, actually. <laughs> Was there any rope or lie with that shovel in that book? <laughs> it's this Bob. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty sweet. Yeah. What'd you do, Margie? As a oh, child? okay. Well, we always cut down our own Christmas trees too, and we just went out Peachtree Road, which was I lived in Atlanta and in Brookhaven. There were all these trees, and we could never find one, so we'd cut down several and then rope them together and put them in a concrete bucket. <laughs> and that, <laughs> isn't that illegal to cut down That's trees on Peachtree? <laughs> well, Peachtree was country back when I grew up, so it was like, you know, it wasn't like it is now. You know, it was just a, a, a traditional kind of Christmas. We had those hot lights, too, those big yep. fat lights, and it was it was very fun. My, my dad always loved to give us the best thing he could think of for Christmas, you know, just one big good thing. But a, tra- a tradition that we developed later as we were grown is that my mother said, I can't stand turkey. I can't stand ham. I got to have something else. And so my dad said, 
let's all have lobster. Ooh. And so he would Great have lobster. These are, our, these are our napkins. <laughs> nice. Our Those are nice Christmas, Christmas napkins. Feet. Take a picture. So we, he would have lobster flown in from Maine. Oh, and he wow. would have a big pot boiling. And he'd all, after we opened our gifts, he'd boil lobster. And <gasps> we'd all sit at the table and eat our lobsters. Wow. So, I mean, we were kind of a cruel meat family, but yeah. it was fun. Oh, <laughs> Y'all were fancy. The idea of having something flown in was, from Maine. I wish I was with you and not the Alexander 13. <laughs> 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 they had crumbs and a gingerbread cookie each. We always ate well. My father was a wonderful cook. He's who taught me. He would travel. He was a salesman for a while and he would go to he would get to go to all these really nice restaurants and when he would come home if he couldn't figure out what he was eating he would go back and talk to the chef and so he would cook that for when we came home and i love the story we had all sorts of chicken because chicken was cheap so we had every kind of chicken and one day my brother came home and said dad i've got this wonderful way to cook chicken he goes you take it you cut it up you put it in flour, you put it in like <laughs> egg and butter, then you put it in flour again and you deep fry it. It's wonderful. <laughs> we had never had fried chicken. Wow. <laughs> we had we always had chicken a la king. Now, what is it? What is that? But, well, we I, had I think I'm thinking of Dr. Seuss book. I think it's <laughs> against the law to make chicken a la king now. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. Marion, what did y'all do? Tra- what was your traditional Christmas? And bell peppers in it, doesn't it? And served on rice. I, I have forgotten just, because God lets us. It's like the pain of childbirth. <laughs> I've forgotten chicken a la king. Well, I've been asked to tell my family's traditions, and I, several things are going on in my brain at once. One is we always cut our own tree, and there was always a cussing fit because it wouldn't be straight. <laughs> And we'd start cutting off the lower limbs, and then it would have a hole in it. And then it wouldn't stand up in the stand. And many times we tied it to the doorknob of the front door (laughs) with a rope. So nobody could come visit. Nobody could come visit through the front door during Christmas. But that was always, that that is my childhood trauma. (laughs) Cutting down the tree and getting Mm -hmm. it put up because it was always so. Fighting and snapping. There was always snapping and fighting and. My mother doesn't get her feelings hurt at all. She, it, nothing hurt. She'll just say, I'd be crying, and she'd say, let it roll off of your back. <laughs> <laughs> she'd say, who's the fool here? And, you know, she'd just keep going until she got her way. And I wish I could have learned to do that. But we couldn't have blinking lights because nice people didn't have blinking lights. No, I agree. No. Yeah. And uh, only we, foreigners. There were, lo- <laughs> there were lot. There were lots of rules. Foreigners like, from like Pennsylvania. There were lots right. of rules like that. Um, you know that that I learned very early on at Christmas time what was tacky. <laughs> but one of my favorite Christmas stories is we were sitting in the drive around it in Eufaula, which was no longer named the drive around it. It hadn't been named the drive around it since nineteen. 19- How do you spell drive around it? D R I V E, drive around drive it. round it. <laughs> it was now. It was at this point in time called the Chihuahua 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 Restaurant in Eufaula, and we were sitting there during the Christmas holidays eating supper. My parents still called it the drive round it because that's what it had been in nineteen 
39. <laughs> we look out and there's a car going the wrong way. The wrong way. We're looking out at, at Highway 431 and there's a car coming the wrong way down 431 and Mama starts, look at that fool. Look at that fool. The police ought to catch him and put him under the jail. They ought not to oh, let him out. She was just going, going, going. Well, it turned out to be my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Her mother or your... Her mother. (laughs) My grandmother was in her 80s at the time, and she was taking the old people around town to see the Christmas decorations. (laughs) Who are the old people when you're 80? I guess the ones in their 90s. Oh, I love it. And so the police got her, and and she told him, I'm just taking the old people out to see the lights. (laughs) And the very sweet policeman said, well, I'm driving you home, ma'am. And she said... Well, I don't know why. I'm fine. I can drive. And so they, she finally convinced them. I think a car got in front of her and a car got behind her. And they <laughs> did an escort over home. <laughs> well, that was kind. I love it. But I love that story. Marion, best Christmas story ever. That's a good one. <laughs> Mama was just ready to put that fill under the jail. Well, have we got some new, new traditions to share, Gail? I do. I want to talk about... Two letters to Santa that the Mystic Prince left when he was a child. The first one, he was about seven. When he was seven, mind you, I was 47, and he left a note, Dear Santa, for Christmas I want either a little brother or world peace. And so we started praying for world peace. (laughs) At Christmas dinner, we said, we hope we get world peace. (laughs) Because it's not going to be a little brother. (laughs) That was the first one. The second one's not as funny, but when he was almost in junior high school, I mean, he's sixth grade or something, or maybe fifth grade, I was sitting on the sofa, and I don't know, I reached down in the, between the pillows, and there was a note, and it said, Dear Santa, if you really are real, you will find this note. Mm. And if you do, I want something for Christmas. He says, now my friends in Mrs. Wirth's class say you aren't real, but if you can find this note in the sofa, I know you are. We had a neighbor right on there, please tell Ms. Wirth and all the children in your class that Santa has found your note. Not sure about the present. Love, Santa. <laughs> poor, what did, poor kid. <laughs> didn't, didn't get a little brother. Oh, didn't, shame. Yeah. I don't even have traditional Christmases because every single Christmas of my adult life has been just completely different from any of them. But for a while, we would always take vacations because my stepmother's parents thought the only way they could get their kids together as adults was to pay for these Caribbean vacations. Ooh. So, on, a, on a cruise boat? No, well, I never went on a cruise boat, and nor will I ever go on a cruise boat. Good but, choice. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. But no, we, the first one was to the Bahamas. It wasn't even an all-inclusive back then. It was lots of fun. There was a, a big power outage on Christmas Day, and we cracked coconuts and drank coconut milk and ate peanut brittle because we couldn't cook. It was so much fun. And later, there were a lot of all-inclusives. We went to so many different places. I'm not going to sit Does here and Santa name come them. to the Caribbean? Oh, absolutely. And it was a little bit complicated because of having children. And But anyway, we managed. But the funniest, in retrospect, Christmas was we were going to the Dominican Republic. And we were traveling on Thanksgiving, excuse me, on Christmas Eve. 
which was not a good idea. And so we, a lot, there were 10 of us in our party. So my crew flew from Atlanta to Charlotte, and we met some people in Charlotte that were going to fly then from Charlotte straight over to the Dominican Republic. And all of the, um, all of the people that work on airplanes, they all went on strike because it was Christmas Eve. So there was no way we were getting out of Charlotte. No way. We had to spend the night in the airport and bribe people to figure out how to get over to that island to take our vacation. We eventually figured out a way we could fly to New York City and get a flight there. And so we did. And we get to New York City and it's Christmas and it's snowing. And we're all dressed for the Caribbean. And we had to go spend the night in a hotel that was next to the airport. You know, those skeevy things. So we're sitting in our air, airport motel watching television going, this is a, such a strange Christmas. Maybe we can get a taxi and go find some food. And my dad and one of my uncles went out and came back with um, Vienna sausages and crackers. <laughs> That's worse than the Alexanders. And we had this big bag of candy that we were bringing because the kids in the DR like candy, and we we had all these things to leave there. And so we ate that along with our Vienna sausages and just lay in the the bed. So the kids got nothing. No, they got a little bit of candy. We just lay in the bed eating sausages, throwing candy wrappers around the hotel room, and we finally got to the Dominican Republic, but not without one incident, which I have to tell. We left New York City that night. Everybody was snonkered, every single person getting on that plane, because everybody had been, you know, in the same situation we were in. And so we get on this airplane. Our party is all separated. And I'm on the airplane at this time with um, three little girls. We're sitting way in the back. And these very drunk boys began to flirt ridiculously with my girls. I'm a middle school teacher. I'm saying, I don't speak Spanish, but I'm like, y'all need to stop. You need to stop. You need to settle down because you don't want to cause a ruckus on an airplane. This is after 9-11. Well, they got louder and louder and louder. And all of a sudden, here comes the pilot. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to land this airplane at Dulles because there are these rowdy, uncontrollable passengers. And they pulled the boys to a different seat. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. We looked out the window and there were fighter jets on either side of our airplane for flirting holy shit for unruly drunk unruly and drunk and you know my heart was just pounding and all of a sudden I see my husband way in the front of the airplane stand up and look and he comes it's like does this have anything to do with my daughters (laughs) so we that airplane landed and there was the CNN news truck and all these people and these agents got on the airplane and they stormed over there and they looked at those boys and said this isn't a joke and they pulled the boys off the plane my heart broke for them they were just teenagers and then they came over to me and asked if I wanted to press charges it's like no 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 those poor boys I just want to get to our vacation just get there and we did. Sounds like the Christmas from hell. It was <laughs> unbelievable. You could write It was that. unbelievable. You could write that in a screenplay. <laughs> uh, That's when I want to be the one that's home alone. Uh, <laughs> and it was, you know, by the time we got there, it was nice. But the Dominican Republic is, um, you know, we wanted our money to go to them. The Dominicans, they're poor. And that, that wasn't going to happen. The resort was owned by Spaniards. And we had to mm-hmm. hire somebody to get us away from their property. Like They're like, we'll take you on a tour. But it would be a tour to properties that they owned. So we eventually got into the city and gave that 
candy to those kids. <laughs> what was left? What was left? <laughs> My more recent traditions are breakfast burritos. Ah. <laughs> I have boys and, you know, nobody wanted to sit at a breakfast table on Christmas morning. And so I'm thinking, okay, what can I give them that would be nutritious and that they would carry with them while they're playing with their toys and it was breakfast burritos you just take egg and sausage and condiments and wrap it up in a yeah (laughs) yeah that's right and so that had became christmas and to the extent that jeremy in austria every christmas morning has breakfast burritos oh i love it He's going to need that with those twins. Exactly. And I'm thinking, you know, how wonderful that was. And the other tradition that we started was Midnight Mass, good Catholic tradition. As the boys got older. You didn't start that tradition. I didn't start that (laughs) tradition. Started going together. I think Jesus started Midnight Mass. I think he did. No, he didn't start Midnight Mass. (laughs) His Mass was like in sometime in dinner time anyway um but we always get three presents you know I, I told you as kids we only got one present but each child gets three presents one something they need something they want and then um something like a toy and i still to this day give my boys and their adults a toy Oh, yeah. Of some oh, sort. Margie, what are your current traditions? Are y'all still eating lobster? No, we're not. <laughs> but we have traveled a good deal. In 2019, we spent our Christmas in Southeast Asia, traveling to, first of all, Thailand, then into Laos, into Vietnam, and then ended up in Cambodia. So we traveled for a month. And I don't know which country we're in at Christmas, but in Southeast Asia, they decorate for Christmas. It's fabulous. So um, one Christmas we spent on St. John's. Well, we were in the Caribbean with our daughter-in-law's, um, her, her, her grandfather had a place on St. John's. And I brought my scarf because that was 18 years ago, and you can hardly see it, but I gave these scarves. And it says Maggie's First Christmas. I don't know if you get it because it's, oh. I printed it on it. And that's our 18-year-old granddaughter was with us. She was only six months old. How sweet. um, And she went down there with us, although we went on a, you know, a couple-of-day sail to Joost van Dyck, and Amber and and Maggie didn't go because she was just a little baby on a sailboat. We didn't think that was a good idea. But that was very fun. If you can kind of see Maggie's first Christmas, I still have the bandana. Those bandanas really last. That's 18 years old. And then, you know, the best... Some of the best places to go for Christmas are Germany and Italy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Austria. Oh, in Austria. Sorry, Joanne. (laughs) Is Germany closed as well? Yes, I think most of they're closing down most of the European countries right now. Excuse me, Margie. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. So now in our Christmas, both Wayne's parents and my parents have passed on, and so... We just kind of divide it between our children, and usually, you know, if we're in Auburn, we'll have Christmas Day in Auburn, and then go visit whoever lives somewhere else. You know, it's fu- it's fun. I'm kind of relieved sometimes when Christmas is over, yeah. even though I Aren't used to. <laughs> I used to absolutely love it, and I I guess I'm getting old and grouchy. Old and grinchy. Of all the words I've ever used to describe Margie, old and grinchy were not there. I'm not old and grinchy, but um, anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to Christmas. Marion, what are you old and (laughs) grinchy? I don't know. Am I old and grinchy? No. 
We used to have my grandmother and my parents, well, not on Christmas Day. My parents used to come spend Christmas Eve night at our house and be there on Christmas morning, but they're in their 90s now. So my son and I and the dogs go to their house. We don't do a whole lot. We just spend Christmas with them, and they listen to Christmas music all year round. Oh, dear. (laughs) So what? Yeah, they like Christmas music. Now, when you say Christmas music, are you talking about traditional carols, or are you talking about that stuff that just comes on the radio that's like... No, they have homemade cassette tapes of their favorite Christmas carols. And they got something that can play homemade cassette tapes? Yeah. (laughs) But, But now, Daddy, I think he has most of it taken over to his computer, transferred over to his computer, but you have Gene Autry singing Rudolph the red Nose well, Reindeer. that's kind of nice. Jim Maybe Reeves not all year. And Margaret Whiting and somebody singing Silver Bells. Mama used to play those on the piano when she was younger, but now we listen to that music all year round. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gail, take us out with your worst Christmas present ever. This was the Christmas of 2018. The Mystic Prince was always a hilarious child. And I have many, many photographs to prove that. So occasionally I'd put him on Facebook, and one of his friends, a comedian from Canada, said he would love to have a calendar (laughs) with Rivers, these pictures. So I spent days going through our shelves of albums and pictures, and I found the 12 most hilarious pictures ever of my son. And then I matched them to the month. For example, the December one had rivers with a Christmas wreath on his head. So I took this to the printers and they printed it and I bought 14 of them at $10 each and I wrapped them up for the Mystic Prince. Well, when the Mystic Prince got home, we decided that the king, my husband, needed an iPad. Now, my husband is a Luddite. In fact, when his analog phone in a bag died, he refused to get a flip phone for weeks. Mm -hmm. So finally he got a flip phone, and now he actually has an iPhone, but he mourns that. He wants a flip phone. The Mystic Prince and I decided that he would really enjoy an iPad once he learned to use it, if he didn't return it the next day. So the Mystic Prince put all his favorite albums on his iPad, and I knew this was going to be a great present, but not when he first saw it. You know, he would go, oh my God, I'm returning this tomorrow. I saved these two presents for last, and I finally handed the Mystic Prince his calendar And he opens it up and looks at it, and he goes, this is the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. If you show this to anybody I know, I'm never coming home for Christmas again. (laughs) Shall we post some pictures? Yes. And he said, don't you dare send that to a single friend I have. I was just heartbroken because I thought it was so wonderful. That's pretty fabulous. um, (laughs) Nice. And so... Anyway, I was really heartbroken. And then Bob opened his iPad, and he took one look at it, and he said, Oh, fabulous. I have wanted something like whatever this is for a very, very long time. (laughs) Bless his heart. It's my favorite thingy-majubby. I love it. He says, Does it turn on? Because that would be exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knew I was heartbroken. 
And so, of course, we all cracked up because we knew Bob wanted to return it terribly bad. He so probably is, sleeps with it beside him every oh night God, and just now loves it. I look down there and he's got his face in the, you know, the weather channel on the iPad. So <laughs> it worked out. But, um, oh, and lastly, I'd like to say that this beautiful calendar, which is the 2019 calendar, because it was Christmas of 18, I gave it to him, will be good again in 2030. <laughs> Order 20. now. 41, 2047, which some of us will be 100 on that year, 2069, which I sure hope the calendar is still around for someone to enjoy it, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. We've had a good time. We just could tell you more stories and wish you were here to tell us. (laughs) That's right. So we have mystic moments to conclude. Anybody have some mystic moments to share? When we went down to Salon Dixon, Forestry Education Preserve. Two herpetologists, husband and wife, came and brought just wonderful animals like salamanders and gopher tortoises. But the one that loved me back (laughs) was a king snake. And they were allowing people to hold certain of the animals. But the king snake decided it liked me. And it curled around one arm and it curled around the other and it just sat there looking at me. And so I walked around with the king snake. <laughs> that is very mystic. And he was, as I told people, they said, why does it love you so much? I said, well. You're cold-blooded like the snake. <laughs> Close. I said, I'm an attorney. It's mm. professional courtesy. <laughs> it's my mystic moment would have been when I was sitting at my parents' house over Thanksgiving, watching television, and the My Pillow guy came on and said... <laughs> Cancel culture is hurting a lot of you, and it's also hurting me and my pillow. <laughs> what? And what? My 93 year old mother said, I wish he'd shut his mouth. Awesome. Go. <laughs> that was my mystic moment. Love it. Marion, tell about the group you've just joined on Facebook. Oh, I just joined a group on Facebook called people who dislike modern farmhouse and it's pretty funny is modern farmhouse like when there's cows it can be they it's all of oh, oh, distressed it's, antiques it's and burlap stuff burlap and buffalo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Check and, and they all lap. have their initials gotcha. on the front door so they can find their way home yeah. lots of initials and lots of signs from slobby lobby i know exactly what you're talking about but anyway the women on it and men are um sometimes mean but they're also very clever. Well, we're never mean. They're very clever. Every now and then I kind of cringe because, you know, you don't want to yeah, really yeah. hurt people's feelings. But they make some of the funniest comments about some of the worst decorating decisions I've ever seen. So right. we might all go sneaking over and right. look. You might go that's look. Right. Yeah, that, that's, you might go like look. It gu- sounds like a guilty pleasure. Right. It is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Have you I got a moment, Gail? Oh, myself. yes. I, I've been saving this moment for you girls. Oh. <clears throat> I've even got it right here in a little box. When I found it, I've saved it. But um, two weeks ago, I got out my winter clothes, and this is a a Herculean task, if you're me, because I'm a, I love clothes. In fact, it took so many bins to get them out uh, from storage that I lent them to Margie for her new business. Thank you. <laughs> you're Thank welcome. you, Queen. But I also got out my winter shoes. And one pair of winter shoes, which reminds me kind of a Mar- of Marion, are these little cloth Mary Janes that probably come from China. And I wear them in winter. Uh, and I delighted to take them out and I stuck my foot right in them and something 
pierced the side of my foot. And I thought, oh my goodness. I look in my shoe and there's nothing there. But on the side, inside the lining is this big lump. And there's no way to get inside the lining because I didn't want to cut the lining of my precious little shoes that I wear in the winter. But I ended up cutting the lining. And here's what was in my shoe. It's a Betsy bug. It's a big old rhinoceros beetle. Yeah. And they live and off of rotting wood, which is, uh, I guess my shoes were made of Chinese rotting wood. I don't know. But it couldn't get out, so it died there. Wow. It's really quite charming. I looked up Bessie Bug, and they, of course, everyone's going to say, that's crazy as a Betsy bug. It's it was cute. born in my shoe. It had to have been because it couldn't yeah. get out. Yeah. And it just ate what the lining of the inside of the shoe. And I've donated those shoes to poor people in the Dominican Republic now. Mm. It's kind of making me sad. What a at sad life. <laughs> there were no Betsy bugs eggs in them. <laughs> well, guys, I'm, we're going to have to say goodbye. Happy Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Holidays and all of that stuff. And y'all remember... Be the the flame, flame, not the the moth. moth.